Good morning. If you don't know who I am, my name is Ryan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Ridgecrest. And it's a privilege and an honor to be here this morning. I pulled this back a little bit because last night I woke up to a dream of me stepping off the stage. And so I, I figured for, for my safety, um, physical safety, and maybe humor safety, I will stay a little bit further back um, than the edge of the stage this morning. So thanks for the next several weeks, taking a journey through John chapter 15, looking at what it means for us as believers to abide in Christ. So the next several weeks, and I think one week at the end will be a surprise, we actually jump into a little bit of John chapter 16, so that'll throw you off a little bit. Um, But last week, Justin did a great job uh, introducing our series and talking about a little bit about what it means for us to bear fruit, but also what it means for us to be pruned, and, and, and sometimes the pruning that we go through. And so oftentimes, as I look at this passage... And as I read this passage, my mind goes to two places. And so for our students in the room, they're going to laugh because there's always two places for me to go with illustrations. The first one's golf, and I couldn't find anything here. The second one's grass. Uh, and so, so as we would look at the vines and the branches, my mind immediately goes to my front yard and how my grass is, is going and maybe the, some of the things I need to take out of it and all these different prunings and, and I have to pull this because it has, it's infested right here and all these different things. And so that's where my mind goes. The other place is this, is a few years ago, Alicia, my wife and I, we had a vegetable garden. And the time and the effort we would put into those tomato plants, and I don't even like tomatoes, but I would spend time uh, working these tomato plants so that we could have tomatoes that would eventually sit on the counter because she couldn't eat them all and we had way too many plants. And so we would end up throwing them away. Uh, and so, so as someone who has enjoyed both of these things, taking care of a garden, taking care of grass, my mind goes to this idea of, of the hard work and the efforts that we have to put in to have good, these, a good garden or maybe green grass and, and all these different things. But I, I begin to think of, of how this can apply, these things apply to our walk with Christ. Last week I our, our, our told our life group this is, is it's kind of interesting of how the Bible points to, to us abiding in Christ or us remaining in Christ so many different ways throughout text. If we look out, out, out throughout Scripture in the New Testament, some it talks about ranching and, and some it talks about farming, and then it uses all these other, other illustrations, and it kind of maybe grasps most of us in the room of, of we maybe like to do this or that, and the Bible points us and gives us ways for us to be able to understand those things. So what, what we can see is it's going to be important for us to pay attention this morning. It's going to be important for us to realize this, that it takes time. We have to invest time in our relationship with Christ, just like it might take time in a vegetable garden, just like it might take time maintaining grass to have a relationship with Christ. So this week, we're going to dive into John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, uh, and, and then we'll jump into our text. And, and I told Caleb last night that I actually wasn't going to pray, and then I've decided to pray. So here we go for our double prayer this morning. So let's pray. Father, we're, we're thankful to be here this morning. Now, Father, would you use me this morning as we look at our text 
Would you speak to us? Would you remind us of things that we need to change, the things that we need to get rid of? Father, as we look at this text this morning, Father, would you transform us to the image of your Son? Would you make us look more and more like Jesus? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5, that's where we're at this morning in those two verses. And here's what it says. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The call that we see in this text and to, to us or as believers is pretty simple. Is that we would remain in Christ or that we would abide in Christ. So this is a call for us who, who have, are people who have put our faith and hope and trust in Jesus that we would remain in Christ. And if you haven't put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus and you have questions about that, someone on staff would love to talk to you about that. You can find someone with a white name tag. They would love to talk to you about that. For us, so that we could have a relationship with him. So if, you, if that's you, if you have more questions about that, talk to someone with a name tag after our service or someone here on staff. So there's many important things that we can learn from these verses when it comes to remaining in Christ. And what we see is, depending on translation, the word abide is actually what we see in verses 4 through 10. Uh, it, it, it's mentioned 10 times. So, so if you think the word abide today is on your nerves by the time we leave here, the next couple of weeks we're going to hear it over and over and over again. So, so as followers of Christ, we must remain in him. Just like it, it, maybe if you would look at a tree, a, a branch would fall off. It's not going to continue to live. It's going to wither away and become brittle and break away. When a branch becomes separated from the source that provides nutrients and nourishment, it cannot produce fruit. The same thing can be said of us in our relationship with Christ or, or as us as a follower of Christ. What we see, or what we should see from this text is, is the emphasis that Jesus is putting on the ste our steadfastness with him. What we see is this is a call for something to be permanent in our our relationship with him. This isn't something for us to, to one day say, I, I think I'll, I'll do this, but you know, the next week I'll, I'm not going to invest any time in my relationship with Christ. This is something that we, we see Jesus calling for, for to be steadfast and for, uh, for it to be permanent. If we are separated from the nourishment of Christ, how will we grow? And I think our, sometimes our students may get tired of me saying that, hey, you need to be in Christ. You need to remain in Christ. You need to, to read your Bible. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time in worship. Jesus. That's why it's important for us to be in his word. It's the primary way that he speaks. If maybe we would think about a water hose. Like if you're going to use a water hose, you connect it to the spigot on the outside of the house. You don't turn on the spigot and then hope and hold the water hose and hope that the, you get enough water to come out the other end. You connect it to the source of water and you aren't trying to just hope that you get enough water so you have pressure on the other end. 
If you don't connect that properly, you're not going to be able to use that water hose to maybe water your grass, to wash your car, to water your flowers, or whatever. There's not going to be enough pressure there. And so it's not moving water effectively. We must be connected to Christ. It's absolutely, it's, it's the essential thing for us to be connected for Christ to grow as disciples. The metaphor of the vine that we see that is used over and over again illustrates this in a great way. It's only when nutrients flow freely from the branches that fruit will develop. Jesus gives us this example for us as followers of Christ, for us as disciples to abide in him. And then what we see is in verse 4, this con- it concludes with the, this connection between the fruit bearing and abiding in the vine. Failure to abide in the vine cannot help but lead to failure in fruit bearing. Just as maybe you would pull a branch off of something in your garden, maybe as you would pull a, a patch of grass out of your yard or whatever it is, it's not going to, at that point, it's no longer getting the nutrients it needs, so it's going to wither away and die. So it, for us to, to continue to grow in our relationship with Christ, we must remain connected. We must remain connected to the vine. We must remain connected to Jesus and the source that provides him. Jesus is the life, and he, he is the life source that provides us what we need. No branch has life in itself. It's, it's utterly dependent for life on the vine on which it's attached to. Just as followers of Christ, we're dependent on Christ to be our life source. The, the living branch is truly in the vine, and that's why it's connected. While the, the vine is truly in the branch, we have to have both of these things. Independence from, from the branches, from the vine, means that it's becoming fruitless. It's not producing fruit. So, so if we're not connected to the vine, if we're not connected to the source, if we're not connected to Jesus, we're not going to bear fruit, and that's what we're called to do. And then the remaining of abiding in me that we see Jesus talking about is the same ideal of discipleship as a follower of Christ. And so as we look at this metaphor that's used over and over and over again, and it's rather redundant. And so far, all these things that we continue to talk about and today and over the next week will, or next several weeks will feel redundant. But what we see is John, when writing this, was not bothered by redundancy. What we see is that he was concerned that the reader recognized a core point in discipleship. And so just like I tell our students often, as I tell them stuff over and over again, I always tell them this, is you may get tired of hearing this, but I bet you don't always obey your parents on the first time they tell you to do something. I bet you don't always obey that first time when they tell you to go clean your room. Sometimes you may, but not every time you're going to obey on the first time. So sometimes we need in our lives to hear things over and over and over again. Because it, it takes time for us to realize that we, or maybe we realize the first time, but we're stubborn. Sometimes I can be stubborn. And we realize, hey, I need to do this, but in my stubbornness, I'm not going to do it. Maybe it's pridefulness. Whatever it may be, we need to be reminded that we should be in Christ. 
And we see the call over and over and over again. And yes, is it redundant? But the issue is not the redundancy. It's the question maybe is, are we obeying? or Are we following the call that Jesus was giving here? And, and so, so don't say, oh man, this is so redundant. But maybe for us, it takes multiple times of hearing the same thing for us to realize a core, or the core point in our discipleship. Or maybe it takes us multiple times of hearing the same thing to implement it so that we can grow as followers of Christ. The imagery of the vine is stretched a little bit when the branches are given a responsibility to rem- remain in the vine. But the point is clear that we should have a continual dependence on the vine that our reliance to Christ would be continuous, that we would be persistent in spiritual consumption of his word. These are the essential of us being fruitfulness, or being fruitful. The, the Christian that maybe would say, I, I, I've passed these things and that I just want to go and, and, and be outward in my growth. Or maybe the person that would do things just to be seen. Or maybe the person that is always maybe on the outside faking it like they have it all together, but we know on the inside that is not true. Or maybe for the person that that talks the talk but doesn't walk, they're driven not by remaining in Christ, but they're trying to promote themselves. Maybe they're not driven by the Spirit. They're driven by by themselves and how they look to others. And if we are doing these things, if we're trying to fake it, if we're hearing the word and not doing the word, if we're not applying these things to our life, we're not going to bear fruit. If we're, if we're trying to talk the talk, but we're not walking the walk, and if we're not hearing, and we're, or if we're hearing, but we're not doing, or if we're faking it, if we're trying to, to, to perceive to be something that we're not, we're not bearing fruit. We're trying to live under our own power. We see, John did not want there to be any confusion over the issue of this. The branches were not to be confused with the vine, and the vine was not to be confused with the branches. The vine, and what we see, is very different from John 14, 16, in the previous chapter. That's where we see one of the spots where Jesus is pointing to the coming of the Spirit and making his presence known in them and among them, that they would remain in him by obeying his his commands. The branch's purpose is, is very simple. is that we as followers of Christ would bear much fruit. It's very simple that that is the call that, that's being given in these verses. The purpose isn't to look pretty. The purpose isn't to have it all together. The purpose is that we would bear much fruit. The growing disciple and whom the Father and Son live, and through the Spirit, is one whose life is fully dependent on Christ. Discipleship isn't just acknowledging who Jesus is. It's being spiritually connected in our inner lives, and and living life, always act on those things. But it's one thing for us to always live it out. And as followers of Christ, we're called to not just to, to know these things, we're called to live them out. So what might this mean for us today? First, I think it's clear for what we should, one of the ideas that we should look at is that what the metaphor is not saying. 
Fruit bearing is not a test. A branch does not have to discriminate a, a de- demonstrate a level of productivity to be safe from destruction. Rather, fruit bearing is a byproduct of maybe the end of verse 5 that says, apart from me, you can do nothing. To be connected to the vine means the life of Jesus is flowing through us and leads to fruitfulness. Not what we have done, but what Christ has done through us. We can, one of the ideas is maybe that we're into the image of his son as we see in Romans 8. That we would be continually putting ourselves in those places, which would mean that we would be spending time with believers, we would be spending time in word, we would be spending time in worship, spending time in prayer, that we would continually put ourselves in those places. It's not what we've done, but what Christ has done through us. What what we see is fruitfulness will be an outcome of, of us doing those things. This provides what we see is maybe some things that we can apply as believers and maybe as the church today. These words are guidelines for discipleship, instructions on how we should live as followers of Christ. Sometimes we need some instruction. Sometimes I think I can put things together right out of the box. If a branch is truly alive, the question would be, does it produce clusters of grapes? So the question for us is, is be, would be, are there fruit in our life? Are we producing cluster of, clusters of grapes? So what are these fruits? So what are these fruits? One of the ideas that it points to is the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Apart from Christ, apart from living with Christ, apart from the Holy Spirit, we will not have these fruit of the Spirit. So sometimes in our life, the pruning that we endure, the difficulties that we endure, actually begin to produce some of the fruit of the Spirit through the Holy Spirit. So Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does anybody know the song, right? So, and against things, there's no such song. So, so if you want to be a fruit of the Spirit, it's not a coconut, right? And it's not a grape. And if you're a kid in the room today, and you're usually in kids' church, you need to go home if you don't know this song and have your parents pull it up, all right? It's a fun song, so a fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, it's not grapes, it's not a cherry, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. All right, I said I was going to sing it, but you don't want to hear me sing, I promise that. And I also threatened that I was going to have Denise sing with me, and she did not like that idea. So are these things being produced in our life? Are the fruit of the Spirit evident in our life? People think that we're kind and we're really not. Are we trying to make people think we're good and we're really not? Or are people, are we trying to say that we're patient but we're really not? Are we trying to fake these things? Are we trying to act like we have it all together? Are we reliant upon Christ? Are we reliant upon the Holy Spirit to produce these things 
in our lives. We can only fake it for so long, people. We can only act like we're kind for so long. We can only act like we have goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control along with love, joy, and peace. We can only act like we have these in our life for so long. But what we would see in the text, it's only through the Holy Spirit, it's only through our relationship with Christ that these things will truly be produced in our lives. So let's rely on Christ to produce these things. Let's rely on the Spirit, Christ. Let's let them produce those things in our life so we're not faking it. So just like Justin said last week, people should see the Christ in the Christian. If we're looking, if we want to, the people to see the Christ in us, are these things being produced in our lives? And if so, are we living them out? When we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, one of the ideas that we see is people should see Christ in us. These are not things that we can have on our own or produce on our own. These are things that we must These are things that we must um, rely upon the Spirit pr- to produce in our lives. So maybe how do we apply the best phrase, right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think this is a great reminder. Maybe something that we should remind ourselves of each morning when we wake up. I think if, if we did this, if we reminded that apart from Christ, we can do nothing, I don't think many of us would probably be as prideful as we are. We should he- heavily rely upon Christ. What we would see and understand multiple times throughout Scripture is we cannot do good apart from Christ and that we are not good people apart from Christ. We must rely on Him. Romans 3.10 points to this, As it is written, none is righteous, no, is, no not one. We're not good people apart from Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5 not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim any, we cannot do anything good apart from Him. We need Christ to live in our lives, to glorify Him, and to do good. Now, I think one of the, maybe one of the things of what is one way that we can do this besides spending time in the Word, which is the primary way God speaks, is through prayer. How is this done through prayer? Prayer is our open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. It's us submitting to Him, us maybe taking our concerns to Him and and turning and saying, I'm not going to try to control this anymore. I'm giving this up to you. It's surrendering over to Him. It's us, it's it's setting uh, ourselves aside and relying on Christ. It's putting aside our desires and focusing on Christ, which is best. So this, I think I've said this before from this area, is we are busy people. A lot of things grab for our time. But what's our main priority? Are we, are we abiding in Him? Are we remaining in Him? Don't forget our call as believers is to be in constant connection with Christ. 
We need his nutrients. We need the vine to supply us as the branches. We need Christ in our lives. We cannot do it without him. He is essential. The second thing is this, is is the fruit of the Spirit. Are these things being produced in our life? Do we see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Maybe the question is, only produced by us remaining in Christ. We cannot produce these on our own. Are we letting the Spirit produce these from us remaining in Christ? The band wants to make their way up. The third thing is this, is remember, apart from Christ, we cannot do anything. We must rely on Him. We must submit to Him. We must spend time in prayer, turning our control over to Him. We must be surrendering our lives to Him through prayer, giving up control, following after the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, you are good. And Father, as we hear these things this morning, that we should remain in you. As, as we hear that fruit should be produced in our lives, Father, we ask, Father, I ask that we wouldn't try to be a people to fake it that we have it all together, but that we would be reliant upon you and your spirit to produce these things in our life as we spend time in a relationship with you. Father, would you transform us to the image of your Son? Father, would you constantly remind us that apart from you, we can do nothing? Father, I think that's a reminder that many of us, including myself in this room, need. That we need to be seeking you, that we need to be remaining in you. And without you, we can do nothing. Amen.